to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hey, Kat. Kat, we messed up. Oh, no. How, Liz? How? Well, you know how we've been giving all this advice about asking questions in interviews, but we didn't really say what they needed to ask? Mm, that might be why people keep on asking us what they should ask in interviews. Yeah, that's probably the reason. Luckily for them, we're listening. And this episode is all about what to ask in an interview. So we have a few questions from listeners to help us along. Thank you, listeners, for giving us our inspiration for this episode. So let's get down to the basics, even though I feel like we do mention this a lot, but I think it's worth repeating because before any job search... You first listen to episode two about preparing for a job search and you look at, you make a must-have list and then our major advice is to look at the must-have list and figure out what questions you need to ask to make sure that the job has what's on your must-have list. Absolutely. So we're talking about this must-have list. It's part of an ideal job situation that you would like to call in, right? That process is an envisioning process, right? It's practical too, because you're going to pull questions out of it, but this is the time to think big when you're going through that process. So, you know, if you have, um, you know, if you've got a situation where you are looking for a job where you have a really strong relationship with your boss, who is also a, you know, who's a mentor, but not a micromanager, there's, uh, there's some questions in there that you're going to turn that must have statement into some questions like, you know, tell me about, you know, you can say something like, tell me about what kind of mentor this manager is. And ask the coworkers that as well as ask the manager, do you have time and capacity to take on Mm -hmm. a mentee? Can I look to you to have that kind of relationship? And, and pay attention to the responses. Mm. You know, when people show you who they are, pay attention. It will save you headaches. Lots of headaches. So, you know, another thing, if you want someone who isn't a micromanager, you want to ask them about their management style. And then you want to talk to folks who are on the team who would be your peers and Mm -hmm. ask them, you know, tell me how this person, what, what is this person like as a manager? Or what was the process like when you started working for this manager? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes people start as micromanagers because they don't know you, trust you, want to make sure you're trained right. Mm -hmm. And then they back off. Right. So you get into a job and someone's a micromanager, like, oh God, I can't work for this person. And then all of a sudden, three months later, they're super cool and hands off because you proved how awesome you are. Right. Ask for stories. But that must-have list is the basis for your job search because it's what you need in your career, what you need in your life, what you need out of a job to be able to do it successfully. And all your questions during the job search need to go back to that list so that you can own the search and make sure that the job matches what you want in a job. So things to cover, like, you know, make sure that if you have any questions about the basic job description, that you get those questions out. Mm -hmm. Find out what the expected hours are. You know, what is the culture around that? Expected travel, compensation, you know, company culture, all of that stuff uh, is going to be really important to you. And you should have a a sense of that from the front-end work that you've done. And if you haven't done it yet, it's okay. Just go back and listen to episode two and set aside an hour to really get clear about what it is that you want. Yes. And all those items that Kat just said about basic job description and hours and travel, the recruiter 
is the person you can ask those questions to. So the first person you talk to should have that basic information. I will note that you need to know what kind of recruiter you're talking to. An inside person is going to have a lot more information than an outside person. So someone who who is being hired by the company for just this role. So know who you're talking to, but ask those basics. If the job pays half of what you make now in your current job, it's done. You're done. So you want to know those basic, basic needs and the recruiter should be able to ask that. You can save a lot of your manager style, deeper questions for later in the process. So what don't you ask the recruiter then, Liz? What, What do you recommend that you don't, that a candidate does not speak to the recruiter about? Well, you have to know that this is a recruiter and a recruiter's expertise is around looking at profiles, finding the right person, assessing the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. Recruiter is usually not a subject matter expert in whatever job it is. So if I'm recruiting for accountants, I'm going to know a lot about accounting, but I am not going to know the deep down dirties of the financials. It's not my job to know that. The latest tax law. No, I don't know that. But I may know like what kind of system do they use or something. I may know that higher level stuff. Mm -hmm. I may not, again, depending on the recruiter, the relationship, how long they've been with the company. Mm -hmm. But uh, the recruiters generally know the top level, not the bits and bytes. Okay, so save those deep technical questions, Mm -hmm. things that only someone who's in the job will know for uh, for the actual in-person or even you can save some of that for phone interview if it happens to be a phone interview, but but wait till you're talking to someone who's on the staff and who, who is a subject matter expert. Yeah, who's in the group. I would also say when you're talking with the recruiter, so for example, like I'm pretty deep with product management, product marketing, recruiting. I've done it for... Yep. Best I know in that space. Thanks. But I know a lot about that space. Mm -hmm. So I can Mm -hmm. go deeper than, for example, the person who works for me. Right. And so when you're talking with a recruiter, you can also assess their depth by what they can answer. So guess what? If you ask the first question and they can't answer it, they definitely won't be able to answer the second question. Mm -hmm. So just know that and you can figure out what you can and can't ask them based on how much knowledge they have Mm -hmm. overall. So you can assess that. What you want to focus on with your interview with a recruiter is making sure that you completely answer the questions they have for you. Mm -hmm. You get your questions answered and you also focus focus on developing a very strong rapport with that recruiter. Yep. Because because if you have that rapport, it's only going to help you in getting the referral to the hiring manager. Gate keeper. Mm-hmm. So cool. So you get past the recruiter because you're awesome. And next steps, hiring manager, maybe it's a screener from within the group. You mm-hmm. don't, every company has a slightly different process. We're rolling with it. Have that list of questions that address your specific needs around the job itself. And one person asked us, can you get granular in your question with those folks and ask about stuff like hours and working from home? Kat, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you need to get your questions answered. You don't want to lay all of those questions on the hiring manager. You definitely want to sprinkle those out throughout the team. And don't even be afraid to ask the same question a couple times. When you do that, you want to make sure that you're getting a consistent response back. So when you're asking something repeatedly, you know, pay attention to what's coming back to you because Mm -hmm. what you want is a consistent response. 
Yes. But I will say, if you ask one person on the team, can you work at home? And they say, yeah, I work at home twice a week. And then you ask the next person, can you work at home? Like, yeah, I work at home twice a week. You're done asking that question. It's obvious you can work at home at least twice a week. That's good. You got the information there. But but things like, you know, tell me what kind of manager Joe is. Mm -hmm. Great question to ask to anyone who may report up into Joe because you want to make sure that Joe is being consistent. For sure. So with questions that could be perceived differently by different people, they're more personality, culture, Mm -hmm. feel questions, you could ask those to everybody. When it's a specific kind of yes, no, short answer question, Mm -hmm. once or twice, and then you're done. You don't want to do that six times because, because guess what? Sometimes interview teams meet in person or on a conference call to debrief and that might come up. Hey, she asked you that. She, hey, it's all six of us. She asked that to you. Hey, you know, hey, you want to be smart here. It's a red flag. Like, why didn't they trust me? Yeah. I answered it. Mm-hmm. We can work it home twice a week. I answered that. Why did they not believe me? Mm-hmm. So be careful with what you repeat and not, but the questions around culture and environment and promotion, all those kinds of questions, you can ask everybody. Absolutely. And make sure that you're asking about your needs. Today, I got asked, what questions can I ask around the true culture of a company? You know, I, I can ask for company values and their lovely words on pieces of paper and no company values say things like, we're not very nice. So the words are always lovely. How do I get to the like meat of what an actual culture of a company is? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think that, um, you know, most companies have mission statement, vision statement, values on their website. So that gives you a, a sense of who the company has the intention to ideally be aligned with these certain values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of how uh, the value of integrity, I see that integrity is number one here. Can you give me an example of how the company lives, you know, demonstrates that value. That's that's one place to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love questions that show that you've read the values mm-hmm. or the mission mm-hmm. statement. Oh, did you prepare? Makes my heart happy. <laughs> but, but ask the how question. If you're wondering about diversity or timeliness, I had one client and I loved it so much. They valued timeliness and they started every meeting on time. Like I knew when the CEO was calling me at one, my phone would ring at one. Magic. It wasn't like, oh, we're on company XYZ time. Timeliness was valued. And you know how I told candidates that it was valued? Because the CEO called me at one when we had a one o'clock call. So be be at your interview on time. Be there a few minutes early. Don't be there 15 minutes early. Don't be there a half an hour early. But you um, can sit in your car 15 minutes early. Yes. If you're worried about traffic or something, you can yes. sit in your car all day long. If, that, if that's going to ease your anxiety to be in the parking lot, awesome. But we, dig- we digress. But ask the whys. You know, how does company XYZ foster diversity? What resources does company mm-hmm. XYZ have for new moms? Tell me, have you been promoted since you've been there? What did you do? How did it work? And don't be afraid to continue to ask probing questions if you don't get the response that you're looking for first time around. Yeah. The answer, we love diversity, is a crappy answer. Mm -hmm. The, you know, we, 
have company representation at different marches in town, or we have groups that meet, you know, once a month at lunch to foster Mm -hmm. support and promotion. And, and we really make sure when we have cross company and cross cultural teams, it's really important to us to have different representation so we can have different viewpoints. Oh, that's a real answer that shows me you're thinking about it. Not just a word on a piece of paper. Kat, if you're like wondering if you're, you'll be the only female, for example, in a group, um, what do you do? Well, you know, I think that if you know that there are some, and once you have an offer, you can ask to speak to one of them. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right. Hey, you know, I, it looks like there's a small percentage of women in this company. I'd, I'd love to speak to, you know, someone else who would be in a similar role, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of get their take on it. Would that be all right? If someone says no to that, that's a red flag. Oh, Big time, big time. And, you know, it's okay to be the first. Absolutely. As long as you know that you're supported as the first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Someone's always got to be first. Nothing wrong with being a trailblazer. No way. Um, So if you have comp questions like raises, bonuses, all that stuff, when do you ask those questions, Kat? I think it's important to know that you're in the ballpark range. It's okay to have that conversation early on, right? You, yeah, yeah. Most recruiters will kind of screen to make sure you're in the same ballpark range. But as far as like details, you might want to wait until you get the offer. And then it's okay to ask really detailed questions. Yeah. Like, you know, if, you know, how are raises and bonuses determined? Mm-hmm. That's really important to know and to have that information before you make a decision. Yeah. When will I be up for a raise or when are bonuses paid? Are they quarterly or, mm-hmm. you know, once a year or when mm-hmm. are they paid? Oh, they're paid mm-hmm. in April. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's something I should know. So those details, why do you care if you don't have a job mm-hmm. there? But if you do have a job there, you want to know. And like, it's something just to note is that sometimes when, if you start after a certain point in the year, you're not going to be eligible for a raise for maybe 18 months because you're not going to be eligible for that year's raise mm-hmm. cycle. So I think that's important to know. And why wouldn't you ask that? That's your livelihood. It's important to know exactly what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And to know like, so what percentage raise, you know, did the company strive to have across the board? Oh, they, they like to give a 2% raise every year. Good to know. And then more for merit and, um, you know, when people get promoted. Great to know. Why wouldn't you ask that question? This is the big thing. And we've talked about this. It is an interview process, but Mm -hmm. both parties are doing the interviewing. Don't pretend that you're a passive interviewee Mm -mm. and are just here to answer questions. Your job is to make sure that this job, should you accept it, is going to meet the requirements of your ideal job list. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why we're suggesting that you <laughs> you do this ideal job thing first, because the more clarity you have throughout the entire process, the better your success chances are in the new role. Absolutely. And that's what we want. I mean, we want you to find a job that's a good fit, because if it's not a good fit, you're going to be miserable. Figure it out during the process. This mm-hmm. process is for them to figure out if they want you, but you to figure out if they if you want them. Absolutely. And, and so make sure you know what you need out of them. How much, if, if there's a certain piece of your job that you don't love, like 
So I'm a recruiter. I don't love doing the sourcing part of finding the candidates. I love talking to candidates. I love advising managers, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the actual like go out and search for them and look at profiles all day, I don't like it. So if I was going for a recruiting job, I would say, hey, Kat, what percentage of this job would you expect me to be doing sourcing? Mm-hmm. And if Kat said 50%, I'd be like, check ya, because I don't want to do sourcing 50% of the time. Absolutely. If I don't ask the question and she just assumes she's full life cycle, she's doing it all, all the time, then I'm not going to be happy. I can do it. I just don't want to. Right. Ideally, you want to have a job that plays to your strengths and what you like to do, because that's going to be a better fit for you. So knowing, hey, that's the sourcing is, is my least favorite component of this mm-hmm. and can be can be outsourced is a good thing to know. Right. You know, some companies will work with sourcers, some won't. Knowing mm-hmm. that would be important. Very. And they may not tell me that. I need to ask that because mm-hmm. my must-have list is more around advising managers and things like that. So I need to make sure that the job and their approach to recruiting is along the lines of mine. That's something the manager can answer. That's something that other people on the team can answer. So let's just wrap up by talking a little bit more about what questions you should ask everyone. Yes. Yes. Culture, 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 culture. So asking What's it like to work here? What's the vibe in the office? Do a lot of people come into the office? Is it a quiet office? Is it a loud office? Are there cubicles? I assume at some point you're going to go into the office. Use your eyes and ears too. Oh, I noticed there's lots of small conference rooms. What do people use those for? Um, Are there social events here? So find out about the culture. Ask questions. If you see a big mural, oh, what does that mural stand for? ask about the space. Be curious. And also another really good question to ask along mm-hmm. the, along the lines of culture is where do you see the company going? Yes. What direction, you know, where, where do you see the company in a few years from now? What are the, what are the key strategic initiatives that you're working on? And that's, that's a really good one to ask everyone because again, you're looking for responses and you sure it's okay if there's a little bit of variation, but you want to make sure that there's a, there's a consistency theme because If it's not consistent, everyone's not on the same page. And the best companies have that vision clearly outlined, Mm -hmm. clearly communicated, and employees should be able to clearly say, hey, this is where we're going. Oh, and if you're not excited about that, it's probably not the right job for you. Right. Um, I love the questions about where do you see the company going? What are your hopes for the company? Mm -hmm. What do you like about working here? Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing? What don't you like about working here? What's your biggest challenge? Hmm. Yeah. What's really hard in this job? Like what, what's your biggest challenge in this job or what's, what frustrates you in this job? Or those kinds of questions are okay to ask. Yeah. If every question you ask is negative Nelly, you look like a negative Nelly, but what are the challenges in this job? Mm-hmm. What do you wish you could change? That's a good one. What surprised you once you were when you were initially hired? What surprised you when you started working for the company? Ooh. That's a, one of our one of our former coworkers used to ask that all the time. Yeah. What was your biggest surprise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what didn't? What do you wish you knew before you signed on that you didn't? Oh, watch the floodgates open. Yep. And you know, just like their job is to get you to spill the beans, your job is to get them to spill the beans. You want to have as much information because. First of all, you don't have a decision to make until an offer is on your, on your desk. But 
once you have that offer on your desk, you want to have all the information for you to make a smart decision. And you're going to make a much smarter decision when you're asking smarter questions. So be smart. Yes. And know that when people are interviewing you, they're trying to find out about you, but they're also in sales mode. Yes. So the what surprised you that you didn't know about before you worked here? What's your biggest challenge? They can't sales mode that. Nope. And if they do, what are they hiding? Mm -hmm. And you can usually tell when someone's trying to hide something. So pay attention to that kind of spidey sense too. We all have intuitions and this is the time to use it. Yeah. Have, has the company ever gotten rid of a product? Why do you think that happened? Mm, is it a similar product to the one I'm about to be working on? Those are good questions. Mm-hmm. So I think that finding out like strengths and weaknesses around the company, the group, the office, and how people... Oh, when we totally need to point out, every person who interviews me, I want to know, what do you think success looks like in this job? Oh, that's a good question. Good question. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you're interviewing with sales manager and the finance manager and the marketing manager. And they may all validly see different traits for success. And how, you know, just having the answer to that question, should you accept the offer? Should an offer be extended and you accept mm-hmm. it? How lucky are you to know that three of the key players see, you know, you know exactly what they see as success. So you at least have the information to deliver that. Right. And if I was a super savvy um, job candidate, I'd go back to the hiring manager after I got those three different answers. And I'd be like, hi, hiring manager. So I had great conversations today with the director of marketing, director of sales and director of finance. But I noticed that they each see this role differently. Can you clarify that for me? And what do you see as the most important thing for success for this role? And then you can say, that's really interesting because that's what Joe said over in finance. Mm -hmm. But it differs from this. So, you know, let's talk about that. (laughs) Are you getting those three in a room before I start (laughs) so that I can be successful? (laughs) But I think that that's really important, especially when you're interviewing with people from different parts of the company, because they may see the role differently and that is going to help you set yourself up for success. Yes. Ask the questions that will set you up for success. And if the idea of doing that totally stumps you, board of advisor time, pay a career coach, Mm -hmm. whatever you have to do to make sure you're armed with the right question list is a good investment for you at that point. So we've listed a ton of general questions here on this on this episode today. Mm-hmm. You also want to take a look at your ideal job list and make sure to ask some questions that are specific toward what you need for your ideal job to be happy. Mm-hmm. And then you want to have a list of at least 10 questions mm-hmm. and have it be a combination of both of those things and make sure that they are the questions are things that are really important to you. And then you you have a list and you go into your interview, whether it's in a notebook, whether it's in, you know, just have that list available to you mm-hmm. and then, you know, check it off. It's your job to make sure you get those questions answered. Oh yeah. Take notes. Mm-hmm. Take notes because interviewing is overwhelming and you've got a thousand thoughts in your head and you might forget. Yeah. If you're having conversations with six to 10 different people, you know, you, you can rely on your notes for those answers. Yeah. But much better than in your head. So don't be afraid to take notes. And you don't want to leave thinking, oh, I forgot to ask. 
whatever. So have your questions Mm -hmm. in a Word doc, whatever works for you on a piece of paper and write down the answers that you receive. And if you do forget to ask something, you certainly can uh, address that question, you know, perhaps in a thank you note email. Oh, by the way, I forgot one, you know, one question that I apologize, but I forgot. And it would be really helpful if you could answer this. I meant to ask you, how Mm -hmm. do you see this job? Yep. Great. There you go. And by the way, thank yous to everyone who Mm -hmm. interviewed you. It Mm -hmm. never hurts. It only helps. Mm Mm-hmm. If you need another set of eyes to make sure it's well-written, choose someone you know who writes well and who will give you feedback. And if you don't have that, reach out to a career coach. Liz is fabulous. (laughs) So is Kat. So on that note, we hope we've armed you with some good questions to be asking and got you thinking about what kinds of things you can ask going into an interview. And... We want to thank you for joining us. We want to hear your success stories. We want to hear, I went into the interview and I asked this and it showed me that it was the perfect job for me. And then I got it and I'm happy ever after. Uh Or thank you so much. I asked about culture and whoa, it's a doozy. I ran. I want to hear it all. Kat wants to hear it all. I want to do a shout out to Offer Stage over on Instagram who shared a story about how when they were in a toxic work environment, they navigated that and ended up leaving and ended up with a job that was so much better than, than the toxic environment. And the message was, don't give up hope. And so thank you, Offer Stage. We appreciate that. And, uh, you know, send us your questions, send us your comments, send us your stories. And, uh, now, who knows? Maybe we're going to have a conversation here one day on this podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Till next time. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Froyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs> <laughs>